What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Vision Quest Sound Podcast. I'm your host, Philip. On this show, we love to talk about music, tech, and culture with artists and creators who are making positive waves in our community. In this episode, our special guest, she's an LA-based author, on-camera host, artist, and podcaster who has a wonderful book out now called The Journey of Princess Tia. She was raised in an unusual setting that led her to go astray on her own terms. And it wasn't until she finally hit rock bottom that she found hope and purpose in her life. Stick around to the end of this one, because it just keeps getting better and better as we go deeper into the story and into the beautiful mind of Tia. Vision Quest Sound. Tia, welcome to the Vision Quest Sound podcast. Yay! Hello, everyone. I've been wanting to get you on this show for the longest time. <laughs> First of all, I know that you're an artist, an author, and a host, being an on-camera host, off-camera host, as well as a podcaster. Um, so congratulations on your podcast that you launched this year, too. Thank you. Yes. I'm a big fan. So for all of our listeners out there, you can tune into Lifestyles with Tia. Wonderful podcast. She's on uh, episode number four. <laughs> and uh, tell us a little bit about your podcast for a couple minutes. I went to go visit my folks in Hawaii. And we ended up kind of being, I, I wouldn't say the word stuck, but with all this pandemic and, you know, quarantine thing going on, we ended up staying a little longer than we were supposed to. And while I was out there, it inspired me to open up my own podcast. And I named it Lifestyles with Tia because I wanted to focus on all people with all different backgrounds and whatever they're dealing with in all different parts of the world. That's how the podcast came about. But then my mother's house doesn't have good internet service or reception. So I ended up doing my first episode when I got back to LA. But the podcast was actually created in the island of Oahu. And that's why it has that island feel to it. Aloha and mahalo. <laughs> and yes, it's like wonderful. Um, it's been a great journey. I've been meeting a lot of wonderful people with all kinds of stories. And I think especially right now with everyone going through lots of stress and with the economy falling and all these things going on in the world, people need to be heard. They need to get out of their comfort zone and talk about it. And of course, mine is like faith-based, which means, you know, I'm a Christian and I like to focus a lot on eventually what tragedy stories that have turned into good. That's what my podcast is kind of catered to. Um, not that I don't accept any other stories outside of Christianity. No, I'm completely open, but it's just what I prefer to or I would like to focus on. Amen. We love it. And I'm just going through some of your podcast episodes right now. We'll just kind of rattle some of the titles off so that our listeners can get an idea. We've got Esther's Healing Medication Journey, Baller to Scholar in Christ. I love that episode. <laughs> that was a great one. And then there's the Grieve No More with Mr. Reeves and COVID-19, The Perfect Storm. Yes. <laughs> Love it. Okay, so folks, you got to check out Lifestyles with Tia, a podcast by T. We'll put the link in the description on this podcast. So check her out. So let's talk about... I love I love how you just called me T because it's like only my family or really, really close people call me T. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're family, T. You're, you're my sister. You know, we're... Yeah, amen. <laughs> Virtual high five. Let's do it right now.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, T. Now, I know that you're also an author. So let's talk about briefly how you got into writing. Well, I've been journaling almost all my life since I would say probably age of eight or so. I would write small notes down like as to where I went, what I did with my mom or my nanny and things like that. Um, When I got to like college or high school, yes, I was busy, you know, living a really unstructured lifestyle. Like, yes, I wasn't the best student either. I would party a lot, you know, and... (laughs) I would still come home like really tired, but just write down where I've been throughout the day, what I did. And so I've always kept a journal somewhere or another. And then when the technology got better, I started keeping voice notes to everything. Then when I got married, all the trials and all this hardship or like stress or good times, wonderful times, I would journal everything on my voice notes or write down on a separate sheet of um, notebook. And so I always either kept a diary, journal, or a voice note. So I love writing, yes. Cool. Congratulations on your new book that's out on Amazon everywhere. Tell us the title again. It's called The Journey of Princess Tia. <laughs> you know, what really, what really um, inspired me was that the book is actually your life story but in a a children's format. And I thought that was just really cute. And I think that everyone should do that. (laughs) (laughs) So now I've really got to check it out because I've read your your full-on story several times on your bio, on your website, and we've talked before, which I want to get right back into now because you have a story, T. Growing up, I believe you you were the only child, right? Yes. You kind of grew up in a multicultural lifestyle, which led to some difficulties, challenges, later led to what coming to California, following your dreams and abandoning some other things that that were holding you back. Let's go back to the beginning. Let's time travel back to little T under the pressure of having to conform with your family's lifestyle. My father was a politician, a very prestigious um, politician. He was really close friends. Like one of his best friends was the president of South Korea at that time. And so we, uh, my family lived a very extraordinary life aside from just regular normal life, I would say privileged lifestyle. And um, because I was growing up in a household like that, I didn't really struggle much. I, I didn't struggle at all. Actually, it was pretty spoiled. Um, I had, you know, like nannies and butlers, had a really good lifestyle. But what I was lacking was the actual love from my parents because they were so busy. So I had to kind of like figure things out on my own. And not to mention, I've always been a curious monkey. So I like to I like to get into things as far as getting into trouble and having to learn on my own and things like that. But because my father was a politician, he had a face to put on and he wanted me to somewhat live like this lifestyle that I had no interest in. 
schooling, like academics, political, you know, field. I always had interest in arts with music, um, plays, you know, any local plays, you'll see me there, you know. So in Asia during that time, it's considered to be kind of like a low class. Like if you are an entertainer, I don't know if low class would be the right word, but when you're from a family with like professors or like doctors, lawyers and, you know, politicians, they kind of want you to be in that field or in that level. And T, where were you during this time that we're speaking of? I was going back and forth from South Korea to Taiwan. I attended preschool in Taiwan. And believe it or not, during that time, I actually spoke fluent fluent Mandarin (laughs) and I lost it. Yeah. Uh, So that's one thing I really wish that I didn't. But a lot of Asian influence. Then after graduating or finishing preschool in Taiwan, I came back to South Korea and I was going back and forth from South Korea to Japan. Then we moved out to Hawaii. From there on, Hawaii just became my home. I was raised all throughout. Aloha. Aloha. I had to kind of find my own journey, my own ways, because it was like my father wasn't happy with, you know, the things that I liked. So when I came to Hawaii, I got into arts, like my mom put me in my first modeling, you know, school. And in Honolulu, they were pretty much known. So I learned, you know, basic etiquette there, um, just in the modeling world, you know, taking photos behind the scene, front of the scene. We actually even had a graduation throughout that academy. And it was really fun. And I met a lot of, you know, friends through that too. Wow. And were you singing at this point or just strictly modeling? I was actually a local, you know, local vocal coach discovered me and he kind of trained me to sing. But his style of music was really different. He was a Japanese, really, really well-known Japanese vocal coach. I mean, every famous artist probably had gone through him one way or another that came from Japan. So his style was called the Enka style, and that's like a traditional Japanese style of music. Through that, I was called to sing as a guest artist. And one of the most memorable events that I've done with him uh, through his company or his studio was called the Cherry Blossom Festival. And I think everyone knows about this event. It happens all around the world. And I was called frequently from these events to sing. So it's very like mellow and it's a lot of saddened, you know, saddened uh, feeling involved in it because like as as with, you know, uh, African-Americans in their slavery days, Asia had their, you know, downfalls too throughout the history. And music has always played some kind of part in these eras and generations. And so like my mother and moving forward to my mother's mother, all these generations were brought up in the Enka, you know, traditional Enka stages. My grandmother was Japanese. So my mom was influenced by her mother singing the Enka. And then she would hear that and she would hear the tea, um, her aunts and, you know, other people singing this or humming this. And then it got passed down to my mother. And I saw my mother, you know, singing this as well. Wow. So in many ways, you were classically trained under the masters of uh, Japanese Enka music. I mean, if I was more more of a submissive student, maybe I would have learned more. But I 
played hookies a lot of the times and I was kind of rebellious. So my teacher was like, oh, she's so good if she just stuck through it. You know, she just stick with it. I could teach her so many techniques, so many things, but I was a really rebellious child. So <laughs> how many languages do you speak to you? In my younger years, I spoke Japanese, Korean and Mandarin and English. Now I'm down to just Korean and English and a little bit of Japanese. I can still kind of get by with Japanese, but I speak Korean way better. Can you teach me how to say welcome to the Vision Quest Sound podcast in Korean? Three, two, one. Vision Quest Sound에 와주신 여러분들을 환영합니다. 오빤 강남 스타일. All right. So how many instruments do you play? Just keys. Piano, but it's by ear. I can't really read. And I think you play ukulele too, right? No. What? I usually fake it. I mean, I can hear and play some chords here and there, but no, I can't really jam it. Hawaii and it doesn't make sense, but... <laughs> I can hula. Yes, we're going to have to see that, okay? <laughs> Taiwan, South Korea, and then you came to Hawaii. At some point, there was this dream that you... that you pursued, you wound up in LA. How did you get here? Yeah, so while I was singing and doing like little modeling stuff here and there for local, you know, boutique shops or, you know, cosmetic stores, uh, one of my friends called and said, hey, you know, would you be interested in acting? And I was like, sure, why not? At this point, I would just do it all, you know? But I had no formal training of acting. Yes, we did a little bit of it at the modeling class, but modeling class was more catered to like walking and taking photos, how to pose, you know, your angles and things like that. So this acting thing was pretty new to me and it just happened to be really famous TV show during that time. And um, David Hasselhoff was in that show. He was a really nice man. And during our break, you know, we, we were talking a little bit and he said, you know, a real cute girl like you, you know, you should, you should go out to Hollywood, get an agent and take your acting to another level. And that's just kind of like did a little bulb light in my head, like ding. And during that time, my high school boyfriend that moved out here from his mother, like forced him to move out here to separate us. <laughs> His mom and my mom were buddies from the country club. You know, they would play golf together or they would like talk about God together or whatnot. But they, it was strange because they had this like, like a friendship type of a, you know, relationship, but they didn't want us to be together. So they were trying everything they can to separate us. Yeah. So he was attending art school out here, living in Pasadena. And I just had like finished these episodes on this little local TV show. And you're listening to the Vision Quest Sound Podcast. Um, so all this is kind of going through my mind when I came home during that time, it wasn't really like electronic, uh, plane tickets. It was more like a physical plane ticket and a paper form. I come home, I check the mail and there is a ticket in my mail, one way ticket to Los Angeles. And it was from my boyfriend. And I was like, okay, I, this must be a sign. Plus I had really, um, close girlfriend. Um, she actually moved out here too, and she was in Santa Monica area, the West LA area. So I thought, hey, you know, if all else fails, she'll probably help me. I hope nothing happens between me and him where we break up or whatever and things go straight, you know. I'll make it either way somehow. 
And my parents were pretty wealthy, so the things that they owned, um, we had a lot of expensive paintings in our house, like paintings to piano to my first sports car. I got my first sports car at age like 13. Wow. Cash paid like out the lot. It was MX3. What color was it? Cherry red. Now I look back, I'm like, wow, I was really like, I was really treated like a princess. I just never was thankful enough till I actually hit rock bottom when I came out here. That's when I started realizing I had it good, you know? Obviously, there were some challenges holding you back to get to L.A., but when you finally got to L.A., was it what you really dreamed of? First, I was really excited to be in the mainland, you know? But when I saw Hollywood, the first time I saw Hollywood's trip, I was pretty disappointed. Because what I picture Hollywood as was a glamorous, you know, lights and fancy this and that. Honestly, it was kind of the ghetto. I saw a lot of bums, a lot of people striving to make ends meet, um, performing with a basket and just all these things. And it was dirty too. So I was like, wow, this is Hollywood. You're listening to the Vision Quest Sound Podcast. I was doing a promo modeling gig at the House of Blues. It was like a record release party for boys to men. And I just was at the right place at the right time. Someone picked me up and said, hey, I want you to model, you know, and promote their CDs and stuff. So I thought, oh, okay. I was like, why not? You know, so I tried it and I saw this beautiful black girl coming down the stairway while I was kind of going up. And she approached me and she said, hey, do you sing? We just started talking. (laughs) She was like, we're looking for singers to come and audition. We're forming a group, a girl group. So I show up and it was at the Edmonds on Kawenga in Hollywood. And I think during that time, Babyface and his wife, Tracy Edmonds, I got a call back saying that I made it to the top finals and I was in the group. So it was a four-part harmony group. Wow. And so it was really fun. I mean, I I thought from that point on, I thought my dreams were kind of coming true. (laughs) Yeah. So you had some highs. And let's talk about some of the lows, because I was reading also that at some point you were sleeping in your car and you were just at rock bottom. Can you take us back to those times? I think it was in L.A. Is that right? Yes, because um, when I was leaving Hawaii, I didn't tell my family. My family was actually in Hong Kong during that time. My mom and my dad was focusing on some project out in Hong Kong. Kong. I was out at my place by myself in Hawaii. So I sold all of their belongings to me, what? you know, to bring some money out with them. I know I did something horrible. The runaway. <laughs> I know. It was like because I was I was afraid they were gonna say no and I really wanted to do this. And so, you know, being a teenager, you're just like, I'm just gonna do it, you know, and I'm gonna sell whatever I can. I sold my car at the swamp me too. For real cheap. I think it was like maybe two grand or something. I just like signed it off. Like here, just take it. And then I just packed up one luggage and ended up coming out here. My boyfriend had a nice place in Pasadena and I was staying out with him. We were high school sweethearts. We were really happy for several months and then everything started falling apart. He got into some trouble and he was mingling with the crowd I didn't like what he was doing and I'm just one of those like I give you two three chances and you don't need up to expectation goodbye it was so hard because he was like my high school boyfriend I really didn't want to break up but I felt like I had to mm-hmm. 
So when I broke up with him, you know, I had too much pride to go back. I stayed with my girlfriend in West LA in Santa Monica area for a little bit. It was really tough. So with the remaining money that I had, I bought a car, some kind of little dealership in Venice area. Really old BMW, stick shift. There's very few. They're almost like dinosaurs here. Yeah, I mean, thank God I knew how to drive a stick shift from age 14. Not knowing that if you get to like Hollywood area, there's some like, you know, really steep streets. I got stuck there on a Friday night. I'm on a stick shift, old BMW car. It's rolling backwards. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's freaking out. I know. I, I've been stuck in a situation where the car in front of me is a stick shift and we know it and he just keeps rolling back and you're like, honk, honk, wait, stop. What, what's going on? That's the car I started sleeping in. What happened? How, how, how did this happen? Well, because now, you know, I left my boyfriend. I had too much pride to go back and t- ask him if I can stay with him. I couldn't stay with my girlfriend because of her, you know, not so friendly roommate. <laughs> and so what am I left with? I don't know anyone out here. So I was sleeping in the car and I had too much pride to call my parents. And I was afraid that my father might maybe release his people <laughs> to come and look for me somewhere in the world. That's true. I mean, that's the love and the responsibility of parents these days. You're always going to wonder, what if, you know, where are they? Where could they be? Sometimes just think of the worst things if they don't see them. Um, that said, fast forward a bit to when you finally came around and you were able to reunite with your mom and establish peace. One day I just felt like I had nothing left. I didn't even know what this whole thing is about. I started praying to God, like, I don't know what to do at this point. I made such a big boo-boo. I don't know how to turn back time. That's kind of what drove me to call my mom. By this time, I got a hotel. I will never forget this hotel. It's called the Normandy Hotel. Not the most luxurious place either. But what was really cool was for like $700 or $650, you get breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That was the monthly rent. You could live at that hotel. I like the part in the story where, you know, we're just rock bottom and there's an awakening. And then, you know, our creator, God, you mentioned, spoke to you in the dark moments. Tell us a little bit about that. Like, what have you learned knowing what you now know? First of all, I don't regret anything I did in my life. I mean, yes, there are parts where I wish I could have gone back and did it slightly differently, but I don't regret it because I always think an experience is better than not having to experience. Because we all, as humans, I think we all once or twice have been there where we make the wrong decisions. But for me, I feel like all those experiences had made me who I am today. And I was able to recognize my faults and come clean with the Lord and try to live a good life. I think that's the beauty of this whole thing. Amen. Wow. Couldn't have said it any better than that. So powerful. So true. Thank you for that story, T. I still have so much to go. I still have many things to learn and I still have a lot of things to repent. And I'm still doing it and I'm still seeking his help, for seeking for a complete transformation. Like I want to be completely transformed to a point where like a real child of God. Because you know how many Christians actually are Christians in this day and age? The struggle is real. And you know, I love your story. Fast forward to today. Where's T heading right now? What's up and coming for you? 
I'm at the most happiest time in my life right now. That is because I'm raising my daughter. I know some parents that just have it really bad and really stressed out with their kids. Not that my daughter's perfect. Yes, there are times we fight like cats and dogs, but <laughs> it's just she's like my best friend. You know, we talk about everything and she comes to me for every advice. And I love that about her. And I wish we can maintain this relationship because to me, this is the most important. I mean, most important would be my relationship with the Lord. But thereafter is my daughter. And I think God had his best interest in me and whatever I had to go through and whatever I'm going through still now and what I'm about to face in the future. I just kind of want to lay it all down and leave it up to God, but still live the best life I can on my behalf. Amen. When is your second book coming out? We, we've hit gold in this podcast. I'm writing and writing. I mean, even not just all my stories, but people that I came across while traveling. I met so many people with so many stories. So the next book I'm kind of working on right now is real life stories, real life events that happened to me. That happened to some of these people that I came encountered with during my travels. And I want to put it all out in one book as short stories. So every chapter is a short story. I love it. Oh my goodness. Look out, world. T is coming to take over. It's the new 2020. It's the tipping point. This is going to be change, and we are doing it right here on the Vision Quest Sound podcast. I like to ask God for his instructions because you can never fail when God gives you his instruction. You can never fail. And I know that for a fact, but I'm like a rebellious child. I've been all my life. I'm still trying to be submissive and a good child of God, but I'm, I'm still rebellious and it's not... It's not something proud to say, but it is the truth. And I want to change that about me. So I'm praying for him to give me the heart to change as well. Oh, amen. Now I know, and we know what to pray about here. Somewhere in this world, could be Taiwan, could be South Korea, Hawaii, could be LA. There's a younger version of T. What advice can you give to her? Always seek God in everything you do, whether you're in the best place in your life or the worst because no one knows their child like the parent does, and he is our parent. I, that's one advice I would like to give. Um, yes, there are people that love us to death, our family, our physical, you know, humanly family, our kids, our spouse or whatever. But I just feel that throughout all the experiences that I've experienced, really, we come into this world alone. We die alone. It's just our creator that we need to really connect with to know the purpose. Mm -hmm. Amen. And if you have a dream, my mom always told me, your dreams will get smaller as you age. And believe it or not, I really think that's true. Because when you're a child, you have all these dreams and big dreams and you really mm -hmm. believe it's going to happen. Um, life takes its different turns and you don't know what you're going to run into. Some people get discouraged. Some people rise up through it, you know, whatever it is. Keep that dream alive. Don't give up because you'll never see the end of it if you give up. Amen. Thank you so much, T. I always like to ask this question too, because being in the climate that we are thrust in today here, 2020, the entire world was crushed by coronavirus, the COVID outbreak, forced into quarantine, these recent protests. There's confusing messages everywhere that we're receiving on media and news. The young people of today, they don't understand what's going on and they're just going with the flow, you know, for whatever they feel. It's begging the world for one thing, that's change. How can we create change today, real change for what's going on? We need to just be real and share our stories like the way it is and 
how we can improve through the tragedies and how we can become as one community. But that's never going to happen if God is not the center of our human relationships. And that's what I'm learning. I think you can start by reading the Bible, maybe. I think that's a good way of starting like the King James Version of the Holy Bible. And I know it's kind of hard for some youth to really comprehend because the messages in there or the wordings are kind of difficult. But seek a local church. Like, you know, you can seek a good pastor to talk with. There's always like some kind of counseling in the churches. For me, you ask me because I'm a Christian. That's the kind of answer I would give you. I don't know about somebody else, you know. Yeah, people can say all kinds of stuff. Start being positive. Start helping each other. I mean, yeah, these are all legitimate answers, but how do you be a positive person if you don't know Christ? Like, you can be a kind person, yeah. You can be a positive person, but do do you know how to maneuver that positivity? Or do you know how to teach the right way? Or, you know what I mean? Or share? All I know is that there is a higher being and that is God. And He's in control of everything. This is a creator. I don't know how to maneuver through this, you know, world without God being a center in my life. Praise God. Amen. Thank you for that, T. The Lord's Word, God's Word is sharper than any double-edged sword. Yes. Hit home in my heart. Thank you so much, T. Thank you for your time. Hi, this is Philip from Vision Quest Sound. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, please support our podcast by donating any amount that's in your heart. It will help us sustain future episodes, as well as support the artists and creators that are on this show. I'm Philip from Vision Quest Sound, signing off.